This is Indian Noir X, a compendium of real-life paranormal experiences and urban myths from India. Issue number six, The Leper's Tree. Dear Indian Noir, my name is Bimal. I would like to share an experience from when I was a boy growing up in the village of Dhansik. I went to a government primary school and was part of a gang of bratty boys. We called ourselves the Bright Boys. I know it sounds lame. But you know, we were children. There were seven of us in the gang, led by the boisterous Krishna Prasad, who was a head taller than the rest of us. We had very little interest in our studies. Our days were spent playing gully danda, throwing stones at the water cascading from the nearly cut falls and stealing mangoes from Govardhan Babu's orchards, among other naughty endeavours. We got into a lot of fights, and occasionally there was violence between members of our own gang. These intra-gang stouches were usually resolved by the group imposing some kind of punishment on the party that provoked the fight in the first instance. Anyways, the aforementioned Nilikhad waterfall is in the forest that bordered our village. To get to the waterfall, we had to trek for nearly a kilometre into the forest. Overlooking the midpoint of the track, from the top of a steep hill, was an evil, gnarled, dead tree everyone in the village called the leper's tree. Let me give you a bit of historical context. Before there was a district hospital that could cater to patients with communicable diseases, our ancestors were not particularly kind to the sick and the helpless. A particularly vicious treatment was reserved for those who had contracted leprosy. They would force the person out of the village and into the forest, where they would be expected to live out the rest of their life, away from the gaze of the civilized world. Some would even perish at the hands of vicious animals that lived deep in the jungle. Legend has it that the lepers who did not want to waste away in the forest would offer themselves up to the tainted tree, which was said to be the cursed remains of a witch who once harried the people of the village. According to old grannies, the people who submitted themselves to the tree would lie on the top of its desiccated roots and it would slowly suck their life essence, leaving behind the empty husks of their loose skin. Our gang had an initiation ritual featuring the darn tree. New members would run up the hill 
and stand next to it for 15 minutes while others laughed and jeered. I had to do it too. It wasn't a particularly nice experience, even though the top of the hill offered up a beautiful view of the forest. You could feel the thing's gaze and a strange trembling sensation underneath your feet. I chalked it down to nerves. I mean, if you grew up in the village listening to the stories, you would shit your pants. Still, there was an air of wrongness about the place, an evil aura that radiated out of its wooden form. I would relive that feeling every time I passed the foot of that hill on our way to the waterfall. One summer vacation, gang leader Krishna Prasad, myself, Rigu, and this boy we called Binku were on our way back from a swim when I decided to play rough. We were near the hill which featured the leper's tree. I don't know what possessed me and why I thought it would be a good idea, but I tripped Binku on purpose. I laughed at him as he landed on the ground, face first. Unfortunately, Binku landed on a rock and his forehead featured a small wound which bled from the impact. No one joined in on my laughter. In fact, Binku and Riku decided that I needed to be punished for my actions. Krishna Prasad crossed his arms and nodded approvingly as he watched the other two boys grab me by my shoulder and drag me up the hill towards the vile tree. I screamed and struggled all the way up. But the lads were too strong for me to resist effectively. When we got to the top of the hill, Rigu produced a geometry compass from his pocket and pressed the sharp end against my cheek. Do you find this funny, you little shit? Binku said. Stab him, he urged Rigu. Rigu shook his head and said, Nah, I don't want to get in too much trouble. Besides, I've got something really nasty in mind. At this stage, I was screaming at the top of my lungs, hoping someone would help me. But no one did. There was just the wind and the leaves and the heartless dead tree looking down on me, its barren branches like claws tearing at the sky. Rigu used the compass to carve the following words into the leper's tree. Bimal likes to eat butt. Now, here's the best part, Rigu said. Grab onto his hair. Binku obliged. Together, the two boys pressed my face against the words etched on the bark. Lick it, Riku said. Binku nodded in glee. Do it, sister fucker. Lick it. I had no choice but to follow their commands. I gagged as I dragged my tongue across the rough surface. A bitter and ashy taste assailed my taste buds. Once they made me lick the tree a few times, they let go of my hair and dropped me to the ground. I lay there weeping, my pride and my tongue hurting with the same intensity. You can walk back home by yourself, you piece of shit, 
I heard Binku say as the two boys walked down the hill laughing. Bima likes to eat butt. That was a nice touch, bro, Binku said, slapping Rigu on his shoulder. I sat upright and shouted, Please, don't leave me here. I'm scared. Please, please. I begged, but the boys kept strolling down that god-awful hill. I scrambled up to my feet and was getting ready to run after them when I experienced the strangest sensation. It felt like I was standing on a bed of roiling waves. I looked down and the sight sent chills down my spine. I felt an urgent need to empty my bowls. The soil underneath my feet was a carpet of distorted faces pressing up against it. Not just faces, hands too. Their eyes stared at me eagerly, like they craved my tiny body. And they began scratching angrily at the film of reality that was the grass and the soil. Their mouths opened wide in a silent scream. It was like looking at a painting that had suddenly come alive. Next, I felt the tree vibrate like a tuning fork and I heard a chilling voice that sliced through me like cold knife. It said, We are here. We were always here. We see. We feel. We have noted. The debt will be paid. The words were repeated a few times, each cycle voiced, by a different being. Life returned to my limbs. I screamed in an unearthly tone that even drew the attention of the boys. As I ran down the hill at top speed, I felt blackness encroach on the corners of my sight, and I fell unconscious. When I woke up, I was in the hospital with broken bones and half of my front teeth missing. I missed an entire school term on account of the accident. Needless to say, I was not counted amongst the bright boys anymore, nor did I venture into the forest ever again. My father found work in an accountant's office in the city later that year, and we moved away from Tansek. But the nightmares continued. Visions of the trees silhouetted against a stormy sky and monstrous voices competing with peals of thunder as hungry hands struggle to emerge from the depths of the earth. We are here. We were always here. We see. We feel. We have noted. The debt will be paid. Almost a decade later, I found out from an old contact that Dragu had slipped and fallen into the pool underneath the Nilikert waterfall and drowned. The people who were with him reported seeing something pasty and boneless 
like a net made from the skin of waterlogged corpses, drag him underwater as he struggled to resurface. That was not the end of it. I got some more bad news a few years later, dear Indian Noir. I ran into Binku's parents at a wedding, and they tearfully reported that he had committed suicide. He became increasingly paranoid in the months before his death, and reported hands and faces on the ground, following him wherever he went. He apparently ranted about some debt he owed them. Recently, I got in touch with Krishna Prasad, the erstwhile gang leader of the Bright Boys, via Facebook. We spoke at length, and naturally, we discussed the deaths of Reghu and Binku. While Krishna Prasad did not recall experiencing anything supernatural, he did not have any doubts about what caused the deaths of his former mates. It's that tree, that cursed tree. He had said to me. When he said those words, I was immediately transported to that moment in time when I was left wailing and hurt underneath the foot of the leper's tree. And the words rang in my ears. We are here. We were always here. We see. We feel. We have noted the death.